Hello, welcome everybody to another episode of Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. In this episode, we are discussing chapter number 13, The Brain, a broadcasting and receiving station for thought, as Hill states. This is the 12th step towards riches, so we are at the penultimate chapter, the penultimate step, and uh, approaching the business end of things. And this chapter is um, fairly similar to the previous chapter on the subconscious mind and also ties together several other chapters, for instance, the chapter on autosuggestion, the chapter on the power of thought and uh, the chapter on desires. Now, this starts with an experience that the author Napoleon Hill had um, with the inventor of the telephone, Dr. Alexander Graham Bell who along with his colleague, Dr. Elmer Gates, observed that every human brain is both a broadcasting and receiving station for the vibration of thought. Through the medium of the ether, he says, in a fashion similar to that employed by the radio principle, every human being is capable of picking up vibrations of thought, which are released by other brains. When stimulated or stepped up to a high rate of vibration, the mind becomes more receptive to the vibration of thought, which reaches it through the ether from outside sources. This stepping up process takes place through the positive emotions or the negative emotions. Thought, he says, which has been modified or stepped up or in simple words, focused upon or concentrated upon by any major emotion vibrates at a much higher rate than any other thought. And it is the type of thought which passes from one brain to another through the broadcasting machinery of the human brain. Now, an example can be a positive emotion by the result, he says, of sex transmutation or strong desires or hope or anything else. The result of these is the increase of the rate of vibration of thought to such a pitch that the creative imagination capitalized become highly receptive to ideas, which it picks up from the ether. The subconscious mind, he says, is the sending station as we discussed in the previous chapter, is the sending station of the brain through which vibrations of thought are broadcasted. The creative imagination, which is that sort of part of your brain that just spurts new ideas, is the receiving set through which the vibrations of thought are picked up from the ether. Consider now, he says, the principle of auto-suggestion, which is the medium by which you have put into operation your broadcasting station. You have but three principles in mind to bear by, uh, by, by viewing this process of sending to receiving and to apply when you wish to use your broadcasting station, the subconscious mind, the creative imagination and auto-suggestion. The stimuli through which you put these three principles into action have been described and the procedure begins with desire. Now he also goes on to um, I'd say that the greatest forces in the world are intangible. Sometimes, he says, men speak lightly of the intangibles, the things that they cannot perceive through any of the five senses. And when we hear them, it should remind us that all of us are controlled by forces which are unseen and, in, and intangible. And this is largely the case with any single part of, uh, of the book or any part, any particular chapter. Desire is intangible, auto-suggestion is intangible, your creative imagination is intangible, and putting all of these into, into action is tangible, but it is driven by the intangible. 
And he also goes on to have a particular part in the, in the chapter called The Dramatic Story of the Brain. With all of his posted culture and education, man understands little or nothing of the intangible force of thought. He knows but little concerning the physical brain and its vast network of intricate machinery. Already men of science, he says, have begun to turn their attention to the study of this stupendous thing called the brain. And while they are still in the kindergarten stage of their studies, they have uncovered through knowledge, through uh, have uncovered enough knowledge to know that the central switchboard of the human brain, the number of lines which connect the brain is about 15 million ciphers. And, and mind you, this was written back in 1937. So there's a lot that has that has uh, been developed since then. And he suggests that over the years, uh, he predicts, uh, he predicted that over the years, a lot more uh, advancements will be made to understand that the brain is not just the, 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 the uh, controller of several actions, but it is also the controller of future actions. Now he also he also has a chapter called telepathy, but this is not the sort of uh, way that 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 we would think about it, where I can read one's thoughts. It's more about how can you control your own thoughts and um, put it into desires. That that's what Napoleon Hill writes about. He he terms another word with telepathy called clairvoyance, uh, which is just the ability for you to to understand your thoughts and 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 be more clear about it. These results, he says, um, following an experiment by um, Professor Ryan of the University of, of the Duke University, these results were summarized in the Harper Magazine in the second, in the second, which has now appeared, uh, E.H. Wright attempts to summarize what has been learned or what it seems reasonable regarding the exact nature of trans, of extrasensory modes of perception, which he describes as telepathy of clairvoyance. The actual existence of telepathy and clairvoyance now seems to some scientists enormously provable. Vari various precipitants were asked to name as many cards in a special pack as they could without looking at them and without other sensory access to them. About a score of men and women were discovered who could regularly name so many of the cards correctly that they, that there was not one chance in many a million, million of their having done their feats by luck or accident. But how did they do that? How did they predict the order of the cards? These powers, assuming they exist, do not seem to be sensory. There is no known organ for them. The experiments worked well at distances of several thousand miles as they did in the same room. These facts also dispose, in Mr. Wright's opinion, of the attempt to explain telepathy or clairvoyance through any physical theory or radiation. One conclusion that Wright draws with some confidence and clair is that telepathy and clairvoyance are really one and the same gift. That is, the faculty that sees a card face down on the table seems to be exactly the same one that reads a thought residing only in another mind. Through experimentation and practice, we have discovered, he says, how to stimulate our minds by a process of blending our three minds or our three parts of the minds, which he suggests previously are the subconscious mind, the creative imagination and auto-suggestion into one, find a solution to a great variety of personal problems which are submitted by clients or by parts of your life. The procedure is simple and, and, 
and the way it is described seems very similar to the procedure of brainstorming. We sit down at a conference table, clearly state the nature of the problem we have under consideration, then begins discussing it, then begin discussing it. Each contributes whatever thoughts may occur. The strange thing about the method of mind stimulation is that it places each participant in communication with unknown sources of knowledge, definitely outside his own experience. Now, as I said, this is similar to the process of brainstorming where you have sort of uh, a group of people sitting together physically in a room and they are thinking about a particular problem intently and just throwing out anything that comes to mind. And through mashing of people's opinions, uh, people's thoughts, people's uh, solutions, uh, a, a prime solution is, 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 is revealed. Now, uh, I, I, I recall that uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the, the founder of Facebook, had a similar strategy of brainstorming, which he called going into lockdown, which is uh, quite uh, funny given the times we're in. But um, what he said in an interview was that when Facebook uh, was dealing with a problem because of a competitor, a competing, a competing social media network has had launched a feature that was either a ripoff or was a significant um, advancement of what Facebook has, has done and, and was causing a lot of problems to Facebook. What they would do is they would go into lockdown where they would like basically take the top people in the company, uh, put them into a conference room and lock the doors and they would stay there as long as possible, literally as long as possible um, until they found a solution. So that pressure of not just not going home, but also because competitor is outranking you, uh, sort of feeds into the mind and forces you to come, with, come out with the solution. And this is similar to what Hill describes in this chapter. And he ends this chapter by saying, by adopting and following a similar plan, any student of philosophy may come into the famous formula, the famous Carnegie formula, the famous formula by the industrialist Andrew Carnegie, which is described in the start of the book. But it is not specifically a formula where this plus this equals that, but it is uh, just simple principles that you need to convince a subconscious mind of a definite goal. You need to attach emotions to the goal. You need to have a mastermind group around it. You need to sort of trigger out the suggestions around it, etc. And this is how Napoleon Hill took all the principles and sort of made it into a book and 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 goes back to this in this chapter by saying the Carnegie formula has to be inculcated into every student's mind. That's it from this chapter. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if there's any way that this this form of podcast can be improved, do let me know. Uh, but for now, that is it from me, Akash. I hope you'll join me next time.